Y'all ready? I'm ready. For this? One, two. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to another episode of Own No Loops. What? Okay. Um, and so that was. Sign in and, and say your name, please. Gene. Uh, I'm Marcus. I'm Zakia. Yes, we have a very special guest with us today. Hey, guys. And um, our, our first guest, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. You're the awesome number one. Mm-hmm. So um, today we are going to talk about uh, the the uh, recently, somewhat recently canceled uh, Netflix original series. Recently Aww. deceased. Yeah, uh, the Get Down, uh, R.I.P. And um, yeah, we're gonna. It's this was you know this was a sort of a it was a. It was a, I guess, I guess you call it a musical, musical drama uh-huh. set against the backdrop of musical. Uh, yes, kind of. no, yeah. I mean, they, they, kind they weren't of. out there like singing their parts. It, yeah, yeah it's, they were. well, I, I feel like in the beginning they. Well, they I'm did going that a to more. the bathroom. No, 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 they didn't. Do okay, that. yeah, they, 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 didn't do that. they didn't do that. But it was, it'll say, a music-based drama. Yeah. I mean, I'll the, give you the, that. the music portions okay. definitely pulled pulled the whole like series definitely through and there were parts where they were just singing yeah like, it wasn't necessarily i mean they weren't singing like what they were doing but there were parts where they were, it was just like a four minute song okay yeah. I can um, do that. <laughs> um but uh but yeah this was and it was you know set against the backdrop of late 70s bronx new york um and the the genesis of hip-hop music yes which is very re- relevant to this show of course yeah so most definitely. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about it. Um Okay. So it was a Netflix based show. Um of course a few years ago there was probably like one or two of them. Now there's like a hundred. The get down um started in uh two thousand sixteen with part one and then earlier this year we came out with part two and then soon after we heard that it was cancelled and a lot of people were a little surprised. So, um, with this, uh, it's based in the Bronx, 1977. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in the early years of hip hop and, um, I guess the main character would be, uh, Ezekiel and yeah. Figueroa. Ezekiel Figueroa played by Justice Smith is a very gifted kid who, um, also goes by the nickname Books and we're, Watching all of the, um, I guess, the hip-hop influences around him and his friends and also his, his girlfriend, Mylene. Um, Mylene! Mylene! My butterscotch queen! Mylene! <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, elements going uh, into the whole introduction, and I'm going to go into that a little bit. Okay. But... Um, you know, we're we're finding out that he is very smart and that he Hence the name books. Hence the name books, mm-hmm. yes, of course. And he is uh Shout out to Dows Effects. Yes, yes, yes. Scoob books in reverse. Um and uh you do have somebody who's very gifted but is trying to um 
you know, typical coming of age, similar to your 90s hip-hop dramas, uh, where they're trying to get out of the hood. And, um, you know, we have him as being a very poetic gentleman and is um, approached by his teacher as being, um, I guess, a victim of his surroundings, not uh, displaying his smarts, uh, uh, kind of not raising his hand or, or, or reading his poems in the classroom, well, she, showing off his knowledge. Yeah, he, he like wins a, a poetry contest or something like that, yeah. like, like, like on the last day of school, and she asks him to read his poem, Yeah, and, and he's like embarrassed and won't do it. Probably twofold, embarrassed because it's about the girl that's sitting near him, and also because he just doesn't want to show off his smarts, as she uh, points out to him after everybody's left the room. I thought it was about his parents. Um, wasn't it about was it about his parents? You remember? Yeah, well, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it was. I believe it was about his. his I mean, parents unless because who... it was a little unclear though, because he wouldn't do it, and he ended up putting the paper down, and he recited the poem. After. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking it was the butterscotch queen one that she got. Right. Right. And then um, he ended up reciting something that made her cry, and I made me cry too. I think it made everyone cry, except you guys. <laughs> well. I... I don't cry, but oh. but but that's not that's not bragging. I'm just not human. That's <laughs> yeah. okay. Okay. it's okay yeah. not to be human. You'll be a real boy one day. One day, <laughs> Geppetto. <laughs> but um, but that poem I feel like is is super important. With the way that they open up the the whole scene also is the only episode that um, the. I'm forgetting his name right now. Boz, Buzz. Boz Lerman? Yeah, that's the only one that he actually directed. Directs. directs. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, he, um, I mean, if you go through the credits, you'll see that um, he wrote and directed uh, the first episode. And, and I'm sure he's had an influence with the writing throughout all the other episodes. But different uh, people did take the reins for directing and writing after that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, one thing, and so we should just to sorry, just to we should I guess give, give a quick background on Boz Lerman, maybe go for it. Uh, Boz Lerman uh, is known for like very very extravagant productions, um, I guess somewhat flamboyant type films. He did uh, Strictly Ballroom in '92. He did the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, I guess you'd call it. I guess. Um, uh, adaptation. It was a very, it's an extremely stylized adaptation. The updated version. Yeah, the, like, like the late. It's, it's an extremely late '90s type movie. Yeah. Um, in that '96, he did uh the Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. um, in you know which which birthed the, the the remake of a Lady Marmalade with okay. Pink and Little Kim it's, and Christina Aguilera. Yeah, and all yeah, that. yeah. A hip hop um, moment. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, any, anyway, Lil Kim was on there. Lil Kim was on. Kitty, kitty, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, and then he did a film called Australia in two thousand eight, and then he did the Great Gatsby remake in twenty thirteen. Right. So he's known for very showy, extravagant productions. So this, this was no exception to that. I would glossy, say. flossy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what did you think of the intro of this first episode? Um, the first episode I thought was, yeah, I mean, the first couple episodes I thought were a little busy. Like, there was a lot going on. Um, 
and and you have like like some of the the fantastical elements um so like like for example so you see so you have one of the main characters who who is Zeke's I get I don't know I guess you could say best friend or he becomes his best friend his partner not life partner but his <laughs> his his partner in just to be clear his uh his partner in music um uh, uh Shaolin fantastic yeah but like that I think it was we got through pretty much the entire first episode and didn't know exactly who he was. Correct me if I'm wrong. Kinda, yeah. He's he's a little mysterious. But he's yeah. supposed to be because he's he's like dancing in the shadows. He's he's jumping up around. No one ever gets to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he's which, like, which is like that that swish sound they always play when he like comes in. Yeah, yeah. He's like jumping across buildings. Yes, and, exactly. And whatnot. Um, what the fuck was that about? Um, I don't know. I, I, Boz Lerman, I guess. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, you know. Or maybe they're also their way of trying to add in a whole kung fu like element to the hip hop side of the story that they felt they had to really like build up this one character that was really into kung fu. Because he's well, I, well I the name. I mean, the name Shaolin Fantastic yeah. is is definitely an allusion to kung fu. But yeah, he definitely there's some. Again, like you said, there's a lot going on. There, the, he has this sort of kung fu-ish air about him this he's doing flips and and all kinds of craziness yeah and um uh uh another one of zeke's friends um whatchamacallit dizzy is really speaking him up like oh yeah yeah. those red pumas you know uh, that's all i know about him he's legendary he's legendary (laughs) tags and you know he has the greatest tags and da 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 and um i'm like okay well this is the way to introduce him but the funny thing about it is that outside of these first two episodes you don't hear much about his graffiti right well he He quits okay yeah okay 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 i got that after it was the first episode after after the first yeah 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 he decides to do the dj thing full time all right so so because he's not a gemini like me where i try to do both of them at the same exact time he's like no i gotta focus on one at, at a time so he drops the Sorry, I just basically repeated what you said, but yeah, he drops that. Well, you have to express your multi-talent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so yeah, in that first episode, he's looking for this record. Well, both both Shaolin and Zeke are looking for this this record. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he's looking for the record because Grandmaster Flash tells him to look for the record. Because he's, basically, he's, Shaolin is a, a disciple of Grandmaster Flash. An, apprent- a, an apprentice of him. And Flash is going to teach him how to DJ, basically, right? Yeah. So, so once he gets that record, he decides, okay, well, I'm I'm giving up the graffiti thing. I'm going to be a DJ. Um. Uh. So yeah. So and that's you know that's one thing about this this show is it it, it has a mix of reality and mm-hmm. fantasy, right? So you have you do you do have real you do have characters who are based on real people like Grandmaster Flash. Um, there is, you know, there is Cool Herc at some point has like a, a very bit part in it. Yeah. Um, they mentioned Bambata as well. They mentioned Bambata like real small. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wonder if that had to do with current events. I don't know. I don't know if it's that or if it's, so Flash was like a, a consultant on, 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 on the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if. They just took his point of view. Right. Right. Instead of them, uh learning from herc yeah yeah i that would make sense because somewhat are so like basically in in the show 
well, I guess we can talk about the. We can kind of go into like the second episode, which I think was, I think was my favorite episode, uh, because it got into like the tech the technical aspect of mm-hmm. of hip hop. Okay, showing how. So they have this this. Could, um, could, could I just go yeah. through the cast real quick? Um, so we pretty much uh, are introduced into the to the entire cast. Um, Shaolin, which we mentioned, uh, Shamik Moore, which you probably recognize from the movie Dope. Right. Um, Zeke Books, uh, Justice Smith. Uh, he lives with his aunt. His parents were killed in a shootout. Uh, Mylene. Over uh, drugs, I believe. Over drugs. Yeah. Harrison uh, Guardiola. Um, she is the singer and um, his prospective girlfriend. Uh, Rara, played by Skylin Brooks, is um, one of the three brothers that um, Zeke is friends with. Also, Boo, Boo Boo, or Boo, uh, Tremaine Brown Jr., uh, Dizzy, played by Jaden Smith, is the graph writer. Um, and uh, he's a little weird. Um, Papa Fuerte, Jimmy Smiths. And um, also, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is uh, Mylene's father, who's also a pastor. Um, I'm going to have to find uh, her mother's name. And then, of course, the narrator um, through each of the episodes is voiced by Nas, but um, is played, I guess, to an extent by Davi Diggs. Which is weird. I, I thought you could just pick any random person. Well, why? I mean, so David Diggs it raps. His raps, yeah. He, yeah. he raps. So why didn't they use? His why voice? not just? Why not just have him do it? Even even if they wanted Nas to write the rhymes, why not just have him do? Have him spit the rhymes? Uh, like, I don't even know why he would. Since we barely saw his face, why they had him do it? Right. Yeah. He yeah. looked like Drake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it didn't it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, know? I feel like it falls into the line of him, uh, the director being so stuck on the idea of having really big names mm-hmm. in, involved, which also comes with the reason why he's known for having the most expensive um, uh, bills for all his films. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't have to do that, but it makes you a bit more curious to watch it since Nas has some part of it in it, right? Yeah. And Nas was also an executive producer. Yeah, right. As well. Yeah. Which, but yeah, it was it was it was a little weird. The, the lip syncing was it just seemed unnecessary. I would it, say. it it kind of did. Yeah. It kind of did. And and of course the biggest cast member is the budget of 120 million dollars, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yes. So um those were the major stars and we'll talk about some of the other ones in the coming episodes. So on episode 2, sir. Oh well, so there, there's this whole idea of, of Flash teaching Shaolin how to, how to, how basically how to be a hip hop DJ, how to um, take the break of a record, which they call the get down part in the show, but that's I don't think that's what anyone called it back then. They called it the break mm-hmm. of the record. Yeah, but he basically showed him how to, how to extend a break, how to take a break, um, how basically how to have two, you know two copies of a record. And on on one turntable you you play the break, on the other turntable you cue it up, and then when the break ends on the first turntable you uh, play the break on the second turntable on time so that it's it's an endless and you just go back and forth so it's an endless uh, beat basically and that is more or less the basis of hip hop right is rapping over a break of a record the the part of the record where the musicians take a break and it's just like the drums and maybe one more instrument. Right. Right. Um, and so I've, now some people might argue that flash didn't actually invent that, that, mm-hmm. that either cool Herc or, or Bambada invented that. 
But this isn't, you know, this isn't necessarily, it's not a documentary. It's a dramatic show that kind of uses hip-hop as a backdrop. But I, I did like that they focus on the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Just as, as a hip-hop nerd, I like I like that part of it. And so there's this idea of, like, the purple crayon, which apparently Flash did use in, in real life, where he marks the spot on the record where the break starts. Right. And, you know, they do this whole thing where they have to figure out what the purple crayon is for, and then they figure it out, and then <laughs> and then Flash... Which is well, a great scene. Yeah. So you like that scene? I like I like that scene. Like, but in my head, I, I was also trying to figure out like what camera were they using because that's probably another expensive part of, of it. But when they're inside of the bedroom or inside of the house and they're smoking that blood and they're passing it around, <laughs> and then Zeke gets into that flow where he's just like, I forgot what it was, but it's a little like kind of a quirky flow. And then the camera somehow yeah, makes the, the blood hop, look big. The yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, the Pink Panther. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah, I liked it, and like kind of like the annoyance, and then you get pulled into it too because you're like, okay, what the what is the is this damn crown for, right? Yeah, but you didn't like that scene. I, mean, I take it. Um, you had issues with it. I, I, <laughs> I, I, the whole idea of it turning into this um, quest, quest, grasshopper. Yeah. You know, master da 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 da, really bringing a um, I guess comical standpoint to it mm-hmm. was kind of just like really, dude. You know, were these dudes really bowing to you, wondering what this crayon was? Maybe they were. I don't know, <laughs> but. Well, they talk about that. Some of them are just like, dude, like, never mind this dude. Why is he calling us grasshoppers? Like, they make, they, they also are, are involved in this being kind of like BS. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that's how they want but, to. But also, I think what you get into is the kind of confusion of the way that they laid it out. Because there's so many ways that they, they filmed it. And you don't really, you can't really categorize it as a Broadway kind of, like, play thing. You get, like, really confused just how they how they throw stuff out there. So I feel like if you, maybe if you watch it five times, you might get it. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple more times. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it... It, it wasn't even so much that they were trying to run circles around my head or anything. It was uh-huh. more just like, really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it was the whole point of, hey, this is what I do. Suck, suck, suck. I'm going to teach you how to do this. You can't do this as well as me because I'm blah, 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 blah. You know, if you got into that and just show them that you're really proud of what you're doing and this is how I rock a crowd. Let me take you to a party. I would have been like, okay, you know. We did grand. that too. Well, <laughs> you just don't like it. <laughs> that approach just turned me off. So <laughs> I didn't mind it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it went. I thought it kind of went perfectly with uh, the scene. Where, oh wait, was that in the second one too, where he walks around? He walks around the the, 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 the turntable. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because he walks around and then like cuts the record like perfectly on time. Yeah, and yeah, they're like, "Whoa, right. how do you do that?" Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the whole show to me is is meant to be like fantastical, so I didn't mind that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that was one of the least offensive fantastical elements of the series. But but when you were, I can't say popping the disc when you were loading your Netflix. Was there like a warning that says warning? This is gonna be 
real fantastical. So uh, if you don't like fantastical stuff, just slow down. I didn't. Yeah. No, it just. I mean, you could. It was. It was evident from the first episode that that's what it was to me. That yeah. Like <laughs> I, I didn't need them to tell me. I was just like, oh yeah, this is. This is okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, so. We have gotten to the uh, uh, the teacher slash grasshopper moment mm-hmm. and them uh, trying to find out what this crayon is all about and um, uh, Shaolin uh, uh, getting to his beginnings of learning how to be a DJ. Mm-hmm. Now, um, what else happened in the second episode that is a highlight? A highlight. I mean, to me, that was the highlight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, we do have the other side, um, Mylene. Um, you know, of course, she has her dreams as far as being a singer and recording uh, uh, this demo. Yeah, we should talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like a disco. She's she's an aspiring disco queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, she's got dreams of getting her song um, together. Well, first and foremost, she wanted to... Uh, get to the Inferno, as she stated in the first episode. Which is a club that is owned by gangsters. Yeah, Fat Annie. Fat Annie. Yeah. <laughs> who? Well, I kind of felt was yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Who bears a resemblance to uh, Angie Stone to some extent? She does. She does something <laughs> like Angie Stone. Yeah. Who? Uh, she runs the club, and I guess it's her son who kind of enforces everything that's going on there. And Fat Annie is. Um, she has certain um connections she's a gangster she's a gangster she's, she's a she's nefarious a gangster. bronx gangster and and uh and you know uh shaolin works for her and also provides her with uh, sex favors <laughs> they, they have a very weird relationship yes she's, they do she is like a surrogate mother but also uh fucking him so that's... Which I thought was kind of an interesting thing. I, I don't know how much thought they put into having one of their like you know top role uh, roles being casted as uh what do you what's a nice word to call him? He's, a, he's a hooker, not a hooker though, but not that's not a nice word to call him. He's he's not, but he's he's like being paid to sleep with her. It's it's a weird it's a weird relationship, right? Uh, it's not. It's I not exactly how much thought was put into it. If that was really like a like a really like like well thought out like thing as far as far as like yeah maybe we should make the guy being someone who's like giving out the sex, mm. possibly maybe. But I, mean, I, I guess they probably wanted to extend on the fact that he didn't have family, right? And he was always going to um, be the antagonist to uh, books and Mylene's connection instead of cheering it on. Right, okay. I can see that too. You know, yeah. they, they really wanted to have him have a, a screwed up past. Right. <laughs> Just be like, oh, I don't understand this love thing. I never right. had a family. Yeah, they played that up a lot. Yeah, they did. He mentioned it several times. Yeah. I, I thought it was weird. So the, the Savage Warlords are, are, that was a real gang in yeah. the Bronx. Um, they look like little kids they, in, yeah. in the show. I don't I don't know if that's... I don't. I don't think they were that young in in reality. No, but it, it, it's almost car- They're almost like cartoonishly young. They're like like thirteen and twelve. Yeah, and they have like dirt splattered yeah. on their face. Yeah, and they, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, it was really kind of strange. During that time, um, we're going further with Shaolin, uh, learning his DJing skills, 
and uh, Zeke uh, becoming his wordsmith, his main rapper that he was searching for. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a scene where, this, this is actually the first episode, where, where they go to, where uh, Shaolin takes them to like a, like, like a jam, like a, like a oh, really hip-hop party. The uh, get down. The, the get, yes, the get down. Um, and, you know, this is the scene where it come, where, where Zeke discovers that he can rap, basically. He's a poet, but he discovers here that he can rap. Magically. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that, and, and that was, yeah, yeah that was, a, that was a little weird, where it's like, he, he had never been to, I don't think he'd even heard of, like, Flash, or, or he wasn't, he didn't know of hip-hop at all, but he goes to this party and immediately, like, knows how to rock a crowd, even with, like, the yes, yes, y'all, you don't stops. It's yeah, like wait, but he's already a... they already kind of like go up to that. like even the, in that poem that he spits in the beginning he says at the end of it that like to his mother like I know I'm the one like he's talking about like he knows that that he has this power this ability this talent so why wouldn't it come out at the end? Not in a rap form though, but like, that's his talent. That's his that like well, that's supposed to be like his like kind of like his superpower. Like that's the I know it's like not really a believable thing. I think that's yeah. what you guys are getting at, but they do kind of build up to that just a little bit. Like not everything's together, obviously, in all the episodes, but they do kind of build that one up. I guess if you look at it like a superpower thing, then it, it it's sort of again if if you keep the idea that it's supposed to be fantastical, then that kind of makes sense, right? In that like, but everyone has their like their their superpower. In in the show, yeah. Like all the uh, the Fantastic Four plus one, they all have like a a, a certain power. The Get Down Brothers. The Get Down B- Brothers, yes. Okay. What's Fantastic plus one? Well, th- there's the Funky Four plus one, which funky is a, which, which is a real group. Okay. Um. Then they call themselves that at one point in the in the series. I I remember them saying at one point the Fantastic Four plus one. Uh, um, he did say that when he was introducing Shaolin. Did say that when he was introducing his uh. The group. Oh, I see. Okay. Like Got he it. said it that way, but, mm. you know, he didn't have, I, I don't think he had the group name at that point. So. Okay. I guess around episode three, we um, are getting to the point where they have the big citywide blackout, which of course was a real thing. Yeah. Uh, back in 77. And, um, you know, we're, uh, we're starting to see the conflict with Mylene and her family as far as them wanting her to stay in the church and her wanting to be a star. What do you think about them having this storyline of her becoming, um, uh, trying to become a sing, uh, a superstar singing at the same time that we're having this, um, Genesis of the rap group? Um, I, I thought it was, I, I didn't, I thought it was cool because it, I mean, that's kind of what was going on at that time. I mean, disco was the thing. But it was, um, you know, I mean, hip hop was kind of created out of, you know, by people who who weren't really into disco, right? I mean, you know, to quote Chuck D, you know, created rap music because I never dug disco. So it was kind of like they were they were kind of on parallel tracks, but then hip hop, I guess, you know, it it endured whereas disco died out. Um, but I think it it it's good in that it shows what was going on at that time musically. I mean, you had this disco was kind of prominent at that time but hip hop was this it was this thing that you know and like Mylene didn't like hip hop like throughout yeah. the whole series she I was, like that part she that was she very much like anti-rap she didn't like the fact that they were scratching the records or just playing the one part of the record 
Which yeah. which was an attitude that was I'm sure a lot of people had at that time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it went the other way too because and even to this day I I I saw a clip of Grandmaster Flash saying uh, Grandmaster Flash saying that he still calls the rest of the the rest of the album like trash. It's whack. The whack part. The whack part. The whack part. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I, I I thought it was interesting to have that extra conflict because you know, of course Mylene had her feelings. But then when um, you were starting to hear from some of the uh, the disco fans and appreciators and club owners and people um, who were really trying to keep disco where it was, you were getting that conflict as well. So it was like, I guess they were getting the conflict from all sides as they became a group and were trying to uh, get their names out there. So I found that interesting that they did have multiple conflicts towards what they were doing mm-hmm. as a, a, a rap group so you have that and then there's one piece one little piece which i guess remained little and ended up not being much bigger but dizzy's part um and his whole bond with thor i personally wished that ended up being a bigger topic for the series but it didn't end up being such a big topic like it was. Especially if you're going to start calling him weird. Like, like they call him weird throughout the whole thing. In, in, in but they the, never yeah. really said, like, never really addressed it. And it kind of just sucks, too, that the one maybe possibly gay character uh, is being called weird the whole time. Well, I think... I mean, I think they're... Well, I think I don't know. I, yeah, I I wasn't a fan of I wasn't a fan of his storyline. I felt like it was almost just thrown in as like here's here's one more thing we can throw in. Here's Will, here's Will Smith's son. Here's, 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 you know, it's like we have everything else. Why not throw in this homosexuality as a topic too? Yeah, it was um, it was silly. It was like it was like, like their way of bringing in the gay scene. Well, I mean, because you did have that. Um, a little later on, and, and this would be going into the following episode when they're trying to get uh, uh, Mylene's um, record played. And um, uh, Dizzy ends up getting invited uh, to the this, gay club downtown. Right. It's a grand, like, mall. It's grand. Yeah. Bogan, titties, <laughs> things out, you know. Everything. Free epic. love and drugs and acid <laughs> and what have you. Yeah. And, and and that's where Dizzy and this character Thor, who's like a a white, so so Dizzy is a graffiti artist, and Thor is like a white graffiti artist. Yeah, and they like end up making out or kissing at at that party. Um, and then that whole storyline was cut. <laughs> kind of. Um, I, I mean, Thor ends up getting what like caught for 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 doing graffiti. He goes to jail. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess in the, in the so in the second part of the of the get down. Or, or second season, whatever you want to call it, second part, um, they they don't they don't address it. Like I don't think they ever kissed again. They don't they don't explicitly say that they're like. That's when it got um, to uh, him seeing himself as a, as an alien, as, literally as an alien. Yeah, yeah. That whole thing. I, that whole but thing. But he was, was already seeing himself as oh. Kind of, I, mean, I think he was always positioned. He was always positioned as a character who was different than than the other, yeah, the, the other brothers. And um, but the whole alien element was was him talking about being black. I don't know. I I think I I, I don't know because I think that he says like he's like I'm an alien. I walk around like in, in a top hat 
and no one like like sees me for who I like yeah I thought it was kind of like a <laughs> I, I I felt like the weirdness was alluding to his sexuality right but that so that's what I'm saying yeah I agree but that's and it's also it's really weird that, that everyone when they would talk about referring to him they'll be like he's he's just weird like something's wrong with yeah him. yeah I mean and then initially you're thinking that's because he's just saying weird things and mumbling to himself and whatever which he right. did yeah but then he had the real quick portion of the story where you realize he's gay. But then that just gets taken out and he's back to being the weird alien guy. Yeah. And I'm like, what happened right, to right, me? Right. But he, he, also his role was really decreased, I think, in the second part of the, of the show. And that caught me off guard. Yeah. I was saying to myself, well, wasn't this whole storyline with Thor going to continue right. and go somewhere? But... Nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, it caught me off guard. Yeah. So. The other thing I found, this on that I love and I was, uh, on the level of this like male sexuality, I still think that it's really interesting that the relationship that Zeke and Shaolin have with each other, because I feel like it's obviously very like, of a, much of like a straight relationship, but that the way that they that they see each other and seek each other's like artistic creativity or whatever comes off as a very like like it's a very sweet and very central central thing. Another thing that I would be curious to know if they did that on, on purpose to to see it was a, it was a, like a straight romance between two romance. Bro, it was a bromance. There you go. Um, but I thought that was really actually sweet that they did that. I don't know if you guys did you catch that at all. They're bromance. They're like bromance. Like there was like scenes like where they like would look at each other like super intensely in their in each other's eyes, and there would be music playing in the background that was very dramatic, and it was like sweet, and maybe like a, 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 a some some sunlight coming in the background, and I feel like that it was building up to some kind of like. You wanted them to make up. No, I didn't want them to make out. I thought it was actually really like I thought it was really unique that they that a director would 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 kind of like spot that that Play like. That because I, you know, it happens with women all the time where, mm-hmm. you know, we can be friendly with, right. like that with each other. But I thought they were purposely kind of like making their relationship a very straight romantic like re- re- relationship. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I see that. But at the same time, it's like they were doing that, but he kept being persistent in calling Mylene a bitch. So it's like... so <laughs> He only called her a bitch once, and it wasn't a rap. He called her several times, and I was like... Yeah. No, Shao, yeah, Shaolin did. Yes, yeah, that's what he's saying. Oh, yeah. okay, Zeke yeah. only called her a bitch once, which I didn't catch until I watched her second time, but he actually called her a, a, a bitch when they're sitting on the couch smoking a blunt. Yeah, so... With the purple can, uh, crayon. So, like, you know, with their bromance i'm like thinking to myself like yeah of course like any relationship uh platonic more than platonic whatever you're gonna have your ups and downs but it was like there were just certain times i was like how does he even like shaolin (laughs) right right (laughs) yeah but but actually when you when you bring up the fact that like shaolin hated mylene like he, he hated her yeah. And and that kind of actually speaks to what you were saying. Yeah. Because it's like he was jealous of their, Shaolin their was creative, jealous yeah. of of their relationship. Right. But not like because he, he wants to ha- have yeah, like sex. Yeah. Or yeah. He's just like nah. Like I want your 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 time about to go and do this. Yeah. But I but I and I think that's because of what we were saying earlier, where Shaolin was. They were playing up the fact that Shaolin didn't have a family. So I think he looked at. I think mm. he looked at 
at Zeke like like his like his brother, right? Because he right. didn't have a family, so he had like like abandonment issues. Right. So you think you felt like he was having his brother taken away? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I can see that. Uh, with I guess about the fifth episode, we're going into that part where they do have that showdown, where the Get Down Brothers, fully formed, yeah, uh, end up on Cool Herc's territory, and they end up having this battle set with the Notorious Three. This is where you have that scene where um, uh, Mylene has her record recorded and she's passing it out. And um, Shaolin ends up hearing the record and finds the break that they need for their battle. Mm -hmm. And she's like, why are you scratching a record? Don't right. scratch my record. Right. Don't right. hurt it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and um, Zeke is like, oh, we ain't going to hurt your record, baby. Don't worry. We just... We just need to play it for our show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there goes that. And then, of course, um, we get to the part of the ending of uh, part one where uh, they do have the battle. And uh, Zeke is doing the speech on um, not too far away at the same time. Yeah. He has to choose. Um, and it was interesting how they presented that choice while, you know, these things were going on at the same time. Um, where he's got to speak up as the scholar that he wants to be, but at the same time he's got this music thing, as right, he says. Right. So I like I like the way that they played those two against each other. Yeah, and the, the, the way he resolves it is basically he well, he has a written speech, but then he 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 improvises because he's a poet, and then he like less like because there's an audience there of people from the neighborhood there. Yeah. And so what he does is he basically finds a way to integrate the names of graffiti writers into his speech mm -hmm. so that people know that he's like one of them yeah and he's not because like ed Koch is like yo you're not one of these graffiti writing hoodlums or whatever right or you know you're not one of these kids making a racket or whatever <laughs> and then so he decides you know to let let the people who are there know that he's still down with them yeah yeah uh, so yeah. He, fr he freestyles the speech after freestyling uh doing the uh the face off with the bootlegger at Cool Herc, which was like the greatest freestyle ever, by the way. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just interesting how he's able to do this. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that brings us to the battle. Um, Notorious, uh, the, um, what was it? What was the name of that group again? The Notorious Three, like I said, have like these big, ridiculous speakers, and the get down is they're ready to start, but Zeke is not there, but they end up coming yeah um so that pretty much was the tail end of uh the first part the first part yeah so so what'd you think of the first part as a whole well what'd you think zakia um yeah. you know it's, it's really hard for me to to figure out because first of all i've read a lot of like the critiques on it so there's obviously like a lot of those elements that are very obvious that it's not really well like put together it's kind of all around the place but i'm such a sucker for like 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 pretty and funny things sometimes i could probably still say that i i liked it like it's it was really like i just like a lot of like the the really beautiful filming and the colors and the, and the i mean like the outfits a lot of like the stuff that was um a lot of the stuff that was written i i mean i enjoyed it yeah um, so i could say you know, yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. Yeah. I liked it too. I mean, I I, I think the first couple episodes, it, it it took me a minute to warm up to it when I first the first time I watched it, 
where I didn't know. But then by the end of the series, I was like, that was cool. I I, I dug it overall. Again, right. at, at, at a certain point, I realized I have to suspend my disbelief and not expect this to be like an accurate retelling of the story of the birth of hip hop. It that's, wasn't. That's the hard part. It yeah. wasn't really that. Um, and yeah, I think once they once they settled down a little bit and like calmed down and ha- having from having so many different story elements at once and having all the the, the flipping and the, and all that shit, it it once it solidified, I I, I thought it, it it told a an interesting story. Well, for me with part one, I did like it. I did like the way, like you said, how it settled in to a good story once they had introduced all of these characters. Yeah. Um, you know, it we we were finally figuring out exactly where they wanted to go with this cuz I was like, okay, we've got three brothers, we've got Zeke, we've got uh Mylene, we've got Shaolin. I mean, I could kind of figure out who the main stars are going to be, but I'm finding out all of this stuff and yeah. you know, um with uh i was figuring you know because jaden smith is jaden smith that he was gonna have a bigger part he didn't i was figuring that uh boo and Ra Ra were gonna have a bigger part but they just ended up annoying me and you know they didn't have such a big part um boo was all right i found Ra Ra kind of annoying yeah well this was also the looting part which um we alluded to on the cover of one of our episodes uh, the infamous uh, juice record. Oh, oh, the juice record. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't actually bothered by that. So yeah, I actually tweeted that out when when they first aired that. I wasn't I wasn't bothered by this, but I found it I found it funny. Um, I, I think that was just somebody. So there's a scene um, where they're they're like like looking at at, at crates of records after and, the looting. When yeah, yeah, after the, yeah, everything. yeah, exactly. And and Bull pulls out a record. It just so happens that the record he pulls out. I mean, he doesn't like. It's not notable. He just pulls it out and like puts it back in the crate. But the record that he pulls out happens to be from the the Juice soundtrack from 1991. Uh, and it, 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 it it's just the kind of thing where clearly they just fill the crate with records. Like like <laughs> the prop master was just like, okay, just give me some records. Yeah. And and it just so happens that the one he pulled out was one that that was a. 14 years into the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when that was just noticeable as being as you know, you can notice it from the cover because the juice the juice 12 inch 12 inch covers had like like a very distinctive design and it just so happened that he pulled that one out. That was hip hop nerd moment. Yeah, hey, you know, It was just it was just funny. I wasn't mad at it. I just I, I thought it was amusing. Well, I mean, overall, I did like part 1. Um they say that part 1 was positively reviewed had a 70% Seventy-three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and uh, you know it was it was highly favored. I also yeah. wanted to point out really quick and yes. just make sure. I just want to throw out that all those directors on that on that first episode were all white guys, mm. and there was a few folks of color who were participating in the in the writing, um, but it's just always a interesting thing to keep in mind who's who's feeding you mm. mm-hmm. i agree yeah. it's interesting so we made it to so what happened is that um like i said in august of uh 2016 they did release part one simultaneously yeah. so all six episodes so i wasn't sure if did they i guess they didn't film them all at the same time i doubt that yeah 
Yeah, no, yeah. Seeing as how it turned out, no, you know, they didn't. But I, uh, but yeah. So from what I understand, they just the show was so expensive that they couldn't do it all at once. Basically, I try to find somewhere because at least to figure out like what the hell is he doing as far as getting his film so so expensive. Mm. One of the interesting things I find was just having to um, get all the rights to all the music that they Correct. were using. Mm-hmm. Correct. There's that. There's of course costumes. costumes. Yeah. yeah. When I looked at the all like everyone who's involved, the I was actually really surprised that the list for makeup artists was massive. Mm. It was probably the biggest mm-hmm. category of folks involved in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's a big deal. Um yeah. you know, all of the graphics when they're flashing back between all the different scenes, mm-hmm. uh getting all of that film that they interjected, you oh, know, yeah. from nineteen seventy seven New York. I mean it it Which takes so powerful. By the way, yeah, we, we didn't mention that yet, but all that flashing back to like the historical elements of what, yeah. what's going on is yeah, I mean, amazing. The, the footage of Koch campaign, the footage of the riots, all the news footage, uh, just to get the uh, World Trade Center, the original towers in there, mm-hmm. and the skyline, all of that. Yeah, um, I'm sure it cost a it cost a mint. So, um. I, I see where the dollars came from. Mm. I definitely see where the dollars came from. So, um, and it was a big cast, even with the extras involved. Yeah. So we go to part two, uh, which was released April, and not that long after um, they did announce that it was being canceled. Yeah. Um, I remember this because uh all of the reviews started coming out for part 2 and it was like people were saying it wasn't that accurate and all this other stuff and i wasn't quick to watch part 2 hmm. um then you heard about the cancellation then i was like you want to go watch this <laughs> well i watched it because i was prompted by a certain someone because we probably should have done a show on it which we're doing right now. Hello. Oh, I didn't understand that at first. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't running to do that um, because of some of the uh, feedback that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I got around to it and my initial thoughts on part two, which takes place in 1978 now. Yeah. So this, I guess, is um, Zeke's senior year, right? So no, like, I, th- I thought, was it? I, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they were still in school. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, picks up a year later in 1978. And this is like after they're, they're kind of more, they're like more seasoned now as performers. They're starting to, they're, they're, they're starting to make money, basically. Money becomes their focus. Yes. As a group. Yes, yes. So, so now we've gotten to the point where um, we... There's some changes. Uh-huh. There's some obvious changes <laughs> yeah. in how they... Tell us, Gene. <laughs> <laughs> There's some obvious changes on how they have everything set up. Um, this is my first uh, what in the entire fuck moment. Uh-huh. Don't bang on the table. Huh? Don't bang on the table. Yeah, I, bad habit. <laughs> Sorry, fans. Um, what was up with the, uh, the interjections of the comics? Yeah, the comics, the car, the cartoon. I I felt that it was a it was a cost saving measure. That was my guess. I, <laughs> you really think so? Yeah, yeah I, I think I I, that I, too. That, that was that was my guess. Like my first instinct when they started when they had it when they had all the cartoons was oh yeah this is 
This is them running out of money. This is them running out of money. <laughs> like, oh, oh shit, we, spent, we gotta cut back on your scream time. We spent twelve million dollars per episode. Maybe yeah. we need to do right? something about that's that. Just crazy. So, yeah. so that's what I felt because it was it was it was kind of jarring because it didn't there wasn't necessarily a rhyme. It wasn't like like it wasn't like the scene. There, there were some scenes with with Jaden Smith's character Dizzy. Where he where he was like literally a green alien. It's like okay, fine. I I get why they right. did that as a cartoon or a comic book, but like there were scenes where like Ra Ra was going to see his girlfriend in in, yeah. in the Bronx or whatever or, or wherever they were. Yeah, just talking and walking. It's like why is why is this a cartoon? Like this doesn't need to be a cartoon. Yeah, the, the th- and, and and also I really think they were trying to give him a storyline, but he was still just as annoying. <laughs> Who? Ra Yeah, it was. He was okay. He was okay. Uh, whenever they had, I seen... found his. I found his rapping annoying. Not, I didn't find. And, and what was up with that? With the double time, the, the double time rapping in 1977. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely not not based on reality. Yeah, nobody was rapping like that in 1977. Oh yeah, not even Kumo D. Well, Kumo D may have been, but that was later. That was maybe a couple years later. But anyway, yeah, that was weird. We know this. It, it was odd. <laughs> <laughs> they seem to catch a lot of. Um, what am I thinking? Uh, I'm trying to come up with a word. Fish? They caught a lot of fish? Fish? No, I don't know. We, we, we gonna <laughs> herpes? They call herpes? Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was getting at. Okay. Fantastical breaks, you know. It. it it definitely gave you the idea of a musical because it was like, oh, wow, this actually happened to us and now we're going to be living out our dreams and yeah, you know, all of those types of things. Now, there's one thing that's hovering all, all over all of this that kind of struck me as weird is that <sighs> the casting for this show was interesting and I thought it was on point. But given the star power of having John Carlo Esposito and Jimmy Smits, and um, you know the two of them having their uh, tension, I know, I know, I know, I know. The show was about Mylene and uh, Zeke, but they definitely, the two of them, should have had more screen time, being legends that they are. I don't know if I agree. Wow. I mean, yes, they are great actors, but I th- I think they played their story up, quite, especially in the second part. They played their story up quite a bit. The conflict, conflict between Jimmy Smith and uh, Giancarlo. This is the pastor. The, yeah, the, the, yes, the, the the pastor and the the brother. G- uh, they they played the that up a lot. Pimp. Papa Fuerte. Um, they they played that up a lot. I I feel like I almost feel like. I mean, it, it's not like it was like oh, and by the way, type of storyline. Yes, it was present. I mean, it was a it major was... part of, especially the last two episodes. It was a, that was a that was a huge part of it. We're gonna get to that. <laughs> we're yeah. gonna get to that. But um, we're hearing that tension, and 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 one um, interesting part, I guess, was uh, episode eight. Where we go to Zeke's um, Ivy League meeting, mm-hmm. which just went crazy. It was way overdone. Like, I mean, I thought that 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 whole scene with them calling them—I even want to say the 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 N word—with them calling, yeah, but them calling that, like, even their acting was just kind of like a little cheesy and overboard to me. The two, the two white, white kids, dudes, the, the two, two white, white kids from Yale, yeah. 
You just knocked off five hundred dollars worth of coke. What are you gonna do? Oh my god! <laughs> do you know how things work here? We don't get the police. I love that the one kid does the uh, the Donald Trump finger thing. He 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 does this thing with the with like the, the okay symbol while he's talking. Like oh my god! Like he does that thing. Right. Which I thought it was great. Um, and he's like, my boy, my he's gonna, my my boy's gonna replace place all it for you guys. Don't worry about about that. Like, okay, you just you just told your boy that he's gonna replace five hundred dollars with a coke. Okay, sorry, I'm going way too deep into. It. I'm just like, that's not really that's fantastical too. No one carries around five hundred dollars of coke with them. What kind of coke is this that you gave me? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that that scene. Even before that, there when they were out in the bar area and they're sitting down and and there was that white yellow guy who was making a joke about like where are you from, and when it came out that he was Puerto Rican, he was like, oh that explains like your shoes because you guys are cockroach like stompers and da da da. I was just like, ouch, dude! Like, dude, this was all unnecessary to get it across that he's at Yale and he's not really feeling like he's it's a being, fish out of water. He's not, yeah. Do, like, do we have do, to do all that? So you don't think that all of that conflict was necessary? I feel like they could have done it in a, in a, way, a, more more, way, a more subtle way and still gotten gotten across. Like they could have, they could have still came off as really nasty, like fucking like white yell kids, but they didn't have to do all the 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 n word and the and the coke and shit and the pulling out of the gun. Like I was just like, okay, all right, where did that go? So um, we move on to um, where they're pushing Mylene into place to uh, sing this single that um, the record um, exec had meant for his ex-girlfriend, but they now want to push it on Mylene because she's significantly younger. Misty Holloway. Misty Holloway. Um, so Who's that, fictional. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's mentioned a few times throughout the series. Um, but, uh, Mylene ends up getting the chance to sing this song and she ends up having to go to, um, a club and, uh, she's dressed in a very sensual manner and, um, her and one of her friends, she had both her friends as backup singers, but one of them balked on it because, uh, she didn't feel right. It was too sexy. Too sexy. That was in that, in that episode? Uh, that, that was in the that was no that was in the the second to last episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there was that. Now <laughs> I had issue with the song. I had issues with that whole episode. Yeah, I had issues with her and and that just that whole dance scene. Like even her trying to do like the 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 the, the disco queen thing. The, but the thing about it is that that song sounded like something. It sounded like 90s. something. Yes, it sounded. It, 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 it sounded like something that was on Paris Hilton's album or something. Exactly. It was really. It was yeah. I was like, what? It was that. That's what in the entire fuck moment number two. But no, that whole episode wasn't what the fuck for me. It was like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, like from the beginning, you have this weird. So you have basically they have her. So the, again, there's this whole conflict of her. It's her versus her. Dad. Like. Yeah, her versus her dad and trying to break away from the church and do her own thing. And so her her label is like, you know, saying you like, look. step up the sexy. You know, yeah. As a, as a disco yeah. star. Exactly. Like this whole church thing, this, this love thing, it's not going to work It's not going to work. Yeah. And so they have her go to this club called the, the Rubicon. 
Yeah. Right. And so you have you, you so the, the Rubicon is basically like this the stand in for Studio Fifty Four. Yeah. Right. Yeah, where there's yeah. like drugs and sex and all kinds of shit going on. So yeah. they they introduced this club with a rap from this guy who looks like a clown. <laughs> like, <laughs> everybody cut off the Rubicon. Right. It was just it was just really first of all yeah it was a rap by like this by a white guy who, at this club and it just didn't make it didn't make sense but it was also just really goofy I thought. Like I, like I was just laughing agree. at it. I was laughing at it the whole time. Like, what the fuck is is this? And then, and then, yeah, like you said, the song uh, "Toy Box" was the song that she sang, and yeah, yeah, it was really, it didn't, it sounded really out of place, extremely out of place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Even yeah, like yeah. the 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 level of sexiness that she was portraying was out of place. I was just like, I know that they were trying to get to that, and this that kind, of, it makes it makes sense that she has to be this kind of like she has to portray herself as this kind of star. But even like. Um, like when she got on all her all fours and she was singing with the microphone in her hand, I was just like, "God damn, guys! Like, fuck! Like, okay, all right." I Even for the seven, like, she's not innocent anymore. Okay, jeez. Right, right. Go ahead. Well, no, I was gonna say like, how is that? Was that would that would that have been considered appropriate in in seventy eight? I don't know. Like with Donna <laughs> Summer. I, I mean, I'm not. Like I know Donna Summer did "Love to Love You," where she's like moaning and all that. Is right. that is is was that similar or or is that? Um, I would think it would have been appropriate for that time. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, I would think it would have been fine, and there probably were uh, displays of that nature that we probably never saw. Yeah. Um, in rare video, it's out there. Right. But I would think that that it was something that would have fit in that time. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was that. Yeah. Now, from, I guess, halfway through this episode, going into uh, the end of the last episode, yeah. um, everything goes really fucking fast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and, and so, in this, in this episode, you have, you have what we mentioned with, with the, the Rubicon incident, and then you also have um, her... So her father goes to the club while she's performing, sees her perform. Of course, not happy about that. He flies looks like in, he's in the middle of a stroke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like like flies into a rage, um, and then go. What, 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 I think he goes home, like like to talk to his wife, and then ends up like hitting her. I think. And no, then, he did that before, right? Was, I I don't know. There's so much going on. Yeah, I did I, that I before. Confused. Okay. Then she went. Then she went. She over goes to, to Papa Fuerte. Yeah. Fuerte, right? House. And, and so, oh, yes, yeah, so we didn't mention that. already beat. Yeah, yeah. So he, he beat her, and then she goes to Papa Fuerte, who is his brother, also her lover. We didn't mention that part. So, like, yeah, they're, they had, they're having an affair, right? And then we find out, is this episode where we find out yeah, that... that so much. That Papa Fuerte, is, Papa Fuerte also... is actually her father. Is actually, yeah. is actually Mylene's father. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... so... So you get this whole complete soap opera drama and then um uh Giancarlo goes like to his church like like everything's falling apart for him I think he finds out that they're having an affair and then he goes back to the church and then like gives this crazy speech and then kills himself shoots himself in the church yeah and then Mylene like finds him yeah, like I decided to sneak into the church because my papi just they were, got it. And they were gonna do coke. They were gonna like sniff coke. Yeah, like in the church. In, in the church. Yeah. <laughs> and then she walks in there. And then what she is looks, the connection? Yeah. 
it, it was yeah that whole episode it was just they they put way too much it got really melodramatic really fast yeah and it was just it, it went from goofy to sexy to uh what the fuck? overly dramatic into what the fuck yeah. <laughs> what in the entire fuck moment part three yeah it was it was crazy um so then we're going into the last episode and i didn't particularly understand she she woke up in some place and she's singing a song with a bunch of people after her father's killed her, himself well yeah uh, supposed father and i'm like how is she singing a song with all of these people all joyful and playing after she just found her father with a bullet in his head well she winds i mean it i i don't remember exactly how it goes but she she winds up like with um what's his name the the guy who's like producing her and oh um i forgot his name and but they're like in some hotel or something and then that's and then um she she sings this song with all these like uh drag queens and disco people oh and and then somebody like discovers them singing and and they they have like a new hit record on their hands and they go back to um the the producers or like the the label owner while she's in mourning yeah well yeah and yeah and then and this all happens within, within like a day or so so <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah it's, it was it was a bit much for me yeah but, um, but then you have another but there's like another oh so the other storyline is going on is with the get down brothers where so they they're basically they basically sign a, a deal with fat annie who wants to like produce a record Yes. But the conflict is number one, she's a, she's you know they're gangsters, which Zeke isn't down with. But also, no gangsters. No, yeah, no no gangsters. And also, um, Fat Annie wants to do the record without the DJ. She wants to do it by having a band play the music, uh-huh. which they're not down with. Yes. And so that becomes this huge deal where they're like, okay, we have to get together all. All of the the major hip hop factions, we, we we have to get together. Bambada's crew, we have to get together. Cool Herc's crew, mm-hmm. um, and and Flash's crew, because we have to stop Fat Annie from trying to change hip hop, which was a little <laughs> weird. Um, although that, that that is somewhat based in reality. I mean, if you look at like Sylvia Robinson and Sugar Hill Sugar Hill Records when they did Rapper's Delight, which is the first, which was the first rap record. It wasn't the first rap hit. First rap hit. They weren't, you know, Sugar Hill Gang were a put together group, as as you know, as you probably know. But they made the first hit rap record, and they did it by basically replaying. They had a band replay "Good Times" by Chic. So it yeah. kind of it kind of mirrors that a little bit. But the way they did it was kind of odd, I think. To to have, I feel like they they just needed a conflict, and that's what they came up with. Yeah, it, there was just a bunch of weird things going on in that last episode of Half. You had Dizzy getting drugged at a club that they were performing at. You had um, uh, Ra Ra's romance with this girl at uh, on Bambada. Yeah, that storyline was it. Just kind of seemed like they just put that in there to have something. Because he was always something. a comic relief for that. Yeah, I guess to refer yeah. back to him just wanting girls. Yeah, and then of course you wind up that storyline with Boo Boo trying to hustle. Yeah, he was selling drugs, selling drugs, and then he ends up getting locked up. Oh, um, yeah, there was just so much shit going on. Why couldn't these people just stay home and let Zeke 
have the storyline and you know us kind of expand on that a bit so it, it for me it just got really busy when they got towards the ending of it yeah. and i know that they wanted to have all these dangling um cliffhangers because of course it was assumed that we would be going to a season two right two but um it just seemed like a bit much like you know i didn't really care if boo boo was gonna go to jail <laughs> you know mm. i was kind of like if i'm gonna watch this i want to know what's gonna happen um in regards to the group in itself but more so uh what's gonna happen with my link because yeah. it seemed like that was probably the only favorable portion at this point since it just got so busy yeah so um what'd you guys think the second part yeah i didn't like it you didn't like it i didn't, I didn't like it i thought i thought it kind of fell off the rails in terms again the, the the whole cartoon thing and the whole comic book thing i just felt like it just yeah. felt like a cost-cutting measure, and it, it it was disjointed, and it it didn't. It kind of took me out of the story a bit. Um, again, they tried to fit too much into five episodes. It became really melodramatic. Even like Giancarlo Esposito, I felt like he was over, like he was acting to the rafters. He really kind of overplayed it a lot. Yeah. Um, and it just it just it, yeah it got really melodramatic, almost to the point of being like just like even the live action parts felt like a cartoon at some points. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it just it just kind of fell off. It just kind of fell off, and um, you know, I mean, and and the show ended with it ended with another battle, right? And well, not not a, it wasn't a battle. It was, this time it was the battle for hip hop, basically. Right, like, that was with Zulu Nation, right? Well, the, 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 every, all the crews got together and kind right. of did like this one jam to like prove it was almost like a save the rec center thing. Like 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 we got to save the rec center. We got to do a jam, and we got to prove that. I don't know. Prove that that Annie can't take our thing or something like that. It just, yeah. it, it just whatever. But yeah, it just it it kind of fell apart in the second in the second second half to me. So I was disappointed by it. Yeah, I mean, of course, there were a bunch of cries of, "Oh, Netflix can't do this. They're taking the black people's show away, and they're giving another season to Thirteen Reasons Why. This is impossible." Are they really? Well, yeah, I actually, I actually understand that because that show was. That's not. That's not. That's not. This isn't. The, this isn't the thirteen. This isn't the thirteen reasons episode of Oh No Loops. But man, no, that show was. That show was like. That show was like nine episodes too long. But anyway, well, I thought it was too long, but I liked it. I'll leave it at that. Okay, I um, I, I didn't finish it. I I I got to a certain point. I was, I was just tired. Like, God damn it! You didn't want end. to know all the reasons. Just end. End already. <laughs> but um. But yeah, I I mean yeah, sure. There were people who, who complained about who complained about the canceling because it's a black show and they felt like it wasn't given a chance. Uh, it, it was a it was a terrible black show towards the end. So you know, my whatever. issue, yeah, my <laughs> issue. I mean, I wasn't surprised because I wasn't surprised primarily just because of how much it cost. It was such I, an expensive right. show. Like, although Netflix does have other expensive shows, they do. But those shows have good. Um, reviews and good ratings i mean yeah. i don't know how you rate streaming but i'm pretty sure that you know they weren't as highly regarded as some of the other things um you know some of your multiracial casts in netflix shows and even black casts i mean dear white people is doing just fine yeah they have a, they have a second season coming yeah luke cage is will probably doing live just on. fine yeah. <laughs> So you know, I don't think it was a black white thing. I think the show was just it was too it was too expensive. I think, and again, it just it 
I think I think I think the cost of it is maybe possibly what led to the second season kind of falling off the rails a bit. So yeah, um, yeah, I w- I wasn't surprised. I mean, I was disappointed. I would have liked to see it continue, maybe seeing it given a chance. Get better. Yeah, see, see if, if if it could get better. If they could if they could pick up the pieces and 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 make it you know and, and improve it, but. Kill off a couple characters, make it interesting. They didn't have to kill anybody. Man. Come on, man. It'd be so violent. But, but um, something adjustments, some adjustments. Like, oh, oh, what happened to Rara? Oh, he, you know, he went to college. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, no, I would rather see them get rid of of Jaden Smith's character. Honestly, the whole I mean, alien in the top hat. That whole thing was just really yeah. Just yeah. Like, what? Yeah. what? I, I I really thought yeah. they were going to do something with. But yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, they killed off the proposed father. Maybe they would have been streamlined a bit, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Well then yeah, then we, we didn't have we wouldn't have to have all those love scenes between uh Papa Fuerte and and uh Mylene's mother. Yeah. Where it's just like they're like this doing this secret secret love house thing. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so maybe they could just be together and we don't have to exactly. worry about that anymore. But yeah, um it would have been it would have been cool to see it continue, but I understand why why it had to die. Okay. Yeah. Um with that, I think we're uh good to go on our uh analysis of the get down. It feels like uh we're not too sad to see it go. Um but there will be other Netflix shows and hopefully more shows on um the genesis of hip hop of course you do have um other shows on the uh late 80s early 90s part of hip hop of the breaks um is on uh vh1 now and um of course i'm imagining there will be other shows to come so i'm just curious was there any like really like favorite things about it that you really like though for me yeah um I liked how um, they really concentrated on the idea of battling, how they concentrated on um, just getting that idea together and really um, hitting the um, the four elements of hip hop, um, the dancing, the graph writing, the um, the MCing, and the DJing. Um, um, I, I I liked how they really tried to bring that home, especially through the clothing. I, I did enjoy the clothing, mm-hmm. um, but I guess I guess because of all of these um, f- uh, big, large, bulky scenes, it, it 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 got lost at times, but it didn't get completely lost. So right. I did get a chance to enjoy that. So um, that's what I did like. Okay, that's what I did. I um, yeah, yeah. I like the wardrobe, but just I think in general they did a good job of recreating that time, that time mm-hmm. period. It 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 looked like, you know, late seventies Bronx to me. Even though I'm not from the Bronx, I never I was not in the Bronx in the late seventies. But <laughs> but I I feel Model like movies we saw. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel like I feel like it was probably accurate in that regard. Yeah. So I thought that was good. I thought the depiction of Grandmaster Flash was good. Yeah, the actor who played agree, him definitely sure. he looked just like him. yeah looked looked like him, and I feel like he he came across really well. Um, um, there was there was a in in the third episode of the second part, there was a very quick and a slick shout out to Grandmaster Kaz that was really quick. Where they're like they're playing, um, 
they're playing basically the his his rhyme that he wrote that that Big Bank Hank took for uh, Rapper's Delight. Mm-hmm. And they play it over like a different beat, and then like they're in a car, and it's like, oh, who was that? Yo, that's Grandmaster Kaz. He's like one of the best MCs out right now, or whatever. I thought that was cool. That was like that, a, that was really cool quick, to do. really quick shout out to him, someone who doesn't get enough credit. No um, doubt. Um, oh, I, I also really like that they casted folks that actually could, uh, that actually sing and, and write rap mm-hmm. outside of the roles that they played. Okay. Like uh, Boo, I think it was, was an actual, yeah, was like an actual, actual rapper, rapper, and he sings he's really too. good too. Yeah. yeah. So is uh, Mylene. Mylene, she's actually, she actually sings. She's really good too. Okay. And we talked about David. David is his name, right? Oh yeah, yeah. David Diggs, who who doesn't, who you don't actually hear his voice. You just hear him kind of miming and doing rap hands on right. on stage. He's from the Bay rap Area hands. too. Okay. Bay Yeah. <laughs> There's someone else from the Bay Area in there. Um, the guy who played Cadillac, you said. Right. Yeah. Who you thought was sexy and 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 <laughs> very very decorous <laughs> in his moves. Was, you know, the other character I thought was really interesting that they didn't get to play out because they fucking killed him. Asap was Malibu, the DJ. Oh yeah, the oh, character was Malibu. so great. He had that that smile. He was like. Fuck your like whatever accent you're trying to do. You can give me this goddamn coke. I'll play this album. But all this shit that y'all doing is, is... I did like his character. Yeah, right. And they yeah. killed him off so quick. They killed. They shot him. Shot him behind the DJ. Shot booth. him in the club. Yeah. Mm-mm. Well, so I guess with that we're good to go, right, guys? I think so. All right. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode of Own No Loops, of course. If you have any opinions about the get down or anything or just want to let us know what you're doing with your day, you can uh, hit us up at the hashtag own no loops. And of course, uh, you can tweet us. Um, I am at old dirty plaster, O-L-D-I-R-T-Y-P-L-A-S-T-E-R. Um, Zakia. Would you like the world to contact you? Yes, world, you can contact me. I um um I have an Instagram. It's Z A C H A T A R I A Zakataria. I know it's hard to find, but I mean it's a long word. But you can find me. But she spelled it for you. Yeah, I yeah. spelled it for you. Just yeah. put Z A C H and you'll see like my face probably pop up. Uh, yeah. You'll get to know what she looks like. Yeah, you can. You can see my artwork and all those things. She's an artist. Can't see me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am on Twitter as Urkel Modi, U-R-K-E-L-M-O-E-D-E-E. And we are on no loops. The on, mighty on no loops. On the Untouchable. <laughs> on on uh, on Facebook on youtube on instagram and yeah and and onoloops.com onoloops.com and you'll be able to find uh this episode and pretty much all of our episodes anywhere that you can get podcasts and on itunes please 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 do us a favor and drop a review uh hit a hit a rating and uh, that definitely helps in people finding us. And subscribe too. And uh, subscribe too. That way you get the that. episodes as soon as we drop them. We drop them. Yes. So, again, thank you and thank you, Zakia, for joining us yes. today. Yes. Yay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm clapping for myself. Yeah. You should. <laughs> 
And with that, um, we, uh, of course, again, thank you. And um, in closing, um, uh, be wise, but be kind, and also be on time. And um, be bopping rock steady. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Peace. 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 You lied to me. Ma na ma ma ma. So what is he saying in it? You lied to me. <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> Thank you. Uh huh. Anytime. <laughs>